0: all right friends day two of the what's right show starting at one o'clock two hours of hot sniggity goodness straight ahead sam rajofsky here your host common sense conservatism delivered daily here on news talk 840 kxnt as always if you want to reach me At any point, I uh, offer my email, I check that during the show, and I respond to questions, comments, and concerns. And that email is sam at samandashlaw.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com. Yes, I am that Sam. But for two hours every day, I step away from my day job and uh, get here behind the What's Right Show microphone and get to some of the news of the day. The big story, of course, is that tonight, 5 o'clock, carried live here on News Talk 840 KXNT, the State of the Union address. Uh, I, you know, I could give you some of my thoughts on this, uh, of course. Uh, first, I, I've been to one of these State of the Unions. Uh, back in 2019, I was invited uh, to be in the room. Uh, this was Trump, of course, at his finest. It was a an exceptional speech. I think a lot of well that was the year okay that was the year before nancy ripped up trump's dress <sighs> you remember this you could see at the end of the speech you know most people applauding in the room and nancy begins ripping the thing up uh saying something to the effect of that it's um you know that it was a, a series of mistruths and did not deserve the dignity Of her uh, preserving the document well right no exactly by the way the thing that incensed me as it probably did many of you that was the speech that was the year that trump honored rush limbaugh rush was in the room that year that was 2020 uh he was already cancer-stricken at this point he was uh, there in a wheelchair, and and of course Trump uh, honored him there, and, and, and his wife Catherine by his side, so this was a, a very touching and poignant speech that Nancy Pelosi had to put her stunt all over. Uh, tough to forgive, that particular one. Also, in that particular speech, um, Pelosi violated protocol. She didn't give the traditional State of the Union intro. You know, it was Speaker of the House. By the way, this will be McCarthy's first State of the Union as Speaker. So he'll be standing up there next to next to Kamala Harris and it, because he's the Speaker of the House welcoming the president, he will say and just you wait, see, he'll he'll do it the proper way. He won't he won't uh, adjust it the way Nancy did. Uh, you're supposed to say members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of the United States. And it was that year, uh, at the start of the speech, before she ripped it up, that Nancy said, Member, Members of Congress, the President of the United States. And then promptly sat down and looked dour for the balance of the event. So I wasn't there for that one where all the fireworks went off. I was there the year prior. What's fascinating is if... You, you want to hear how this... Goes down when you're invited. Okay, so you go there as a guest. If you're not a member of Congress, if you're not in the Senate, uh, you're you're sitting up in the up in the uh, balcony. There's a, a a kind of a viewing area around the entire outside perimeter near the ceiling of the House of Representatives, the House chamber. And there aren't well, I would say the the, the gallery pretty steep. You you probably have about maybe eight rows. If memory serves, and 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 it's they're they're fairly steep, and you're looking down onto the chamber, and you're very close. I mean, you can see right in. One of the things that they do, security that you go through, obviously metal detectors as you go into the building, and then in order to enter the chamber, they they'll take away your cell phone. Uh, I remember to that, so they you have to you have to basically check your cell phone. Only members of Congress and the government types down below are allowed to keep their their phones. I sat. Uh, on the Democrat side of the chamber, just kind of worked this way, and I sat right over Bernie Sanders, and Bernie was sitting there looking like somebody had just taken his soup away. And and then he would, you know, he would go from being very upset about whatever it was that was hearing Trump say to furtively writing with this. He had these giant like legal yellow pads, and he just sat there and he was scribbling away with this wild handwriting, exactly how you would picture. Bernie Sanders handwriting to be that is what it looks like. I mean, just these giant scribbles and he just pages and pages of notes on the speech. Because, of course, most members of Congress are sitting there preparing to give remarks, particularly if they are of the opposing party. So this is uh, this is the big to do event. Then the president uh, shows up. There's a tremendous amount of security. Uh, I got I was outside of the chamber at the um at the just at the at some windows looking outside when the president when Trump was leaving the the speech and it is uh, it's nighttime in D.C. and there are blue and red lights the motorcade it is this, it is lit up I mean it is one of the most uh, spectacular things uh, just seeing the president and the entire entourage at that point because security is insane so everybody knows the president's going to be leaving now to that end I don't know if you saw this. But Biden has his people demanded fencing around the Capitol as we speak. Well, maybe hours ago, eight hours, 10 hours ago this morning, Capitol Police began erecting uh, barricades all around the Capitol building. This, we're told, is because the Biden people want it. They just don't want the American people getting too close to the president. Uh, we don't have word by the way if that fencing's going to be repurposed after the State of the Union for the border well, well I'm just I'm just saying fences work. you know what's better than a fence? a wall well, <laughs> so I, I it's it, the irony of it, right so they're putting all these barricades up. When I went in 19 with Trump, I don't remember barricades around the Capitol. In fact, I remember walking freely out, down across the mall, uh, back to back – to, I, I don't remember how I got back to my hotel. I may have even walked, and there were no barricades. Uh, there were security barriers once you get in close to the building you go through metal detectors, but there, I don't remember any barricades. So this, uh, this is new. And it, uh, it's reflective of the attitudes of some on the Democratic side. They just, they certainly like to be safe from all of us. But they're perfectly fine when all of us are not safe ourselves. And that, of course, is a comment on the porous border, which we should hear something about tonight. And I anticipate it will be almost all worthy of having the speech torn up. It is going to be total Gibberish. The crisis at the border, friends, is owned lock, stock and barrel by not just Biden, but by Kamala, who's going. Well, she, she's the border czar, and she's going to be standing behind him, grinning like the Cheshire cat, you know, clapping away, standing up, supporting Joe and quietly hoping that he keels over mid speech so she can become Madam President. But expect—I do think—they're going to talk about the border. They're also going to talk about the economy. They're going to take credit for these job numbers. And and uh, friends, I'll explain a little bit. We got to have to take a quick break. I'm going to explain a little bit about these job numbers and why this economy is still tremendously precarious. Uh, because I, you know, the, you're going to hear stuff about this. Biden will will all but crow about how triumphant the recovery has been and I, I you know i i obviously hope he's right i care about this country more than I, I care about biden being right or wrong i you know but i i my concern of course is that we are still uh in in some deep water here all right i'm gonna take a quick time out you're listening to the what's right show this hour brought to you by sam and ash injury law i'll be back in just a moment
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's
0: not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Well, by the way,
0: uh, speaking of the State of the Union and Nancy's speech ripping stunt in 2020, we uh, have heard now from the new speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, that he promises not to rip up Biden's speech. Yes, McCarthy says, I don't believe in the theatrics of tearing up speeches. Sam Marjofsky here, uh, Nevada's favorite recovering California, broadcasting live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Common sense conservatism delivered daily here at News Talk 840 KXNT. Grateful to be with you here starting this week uh, at 1 o'clock. I've been here at 2 every day, but now doing two hours instead of one and tremendously enjoying it, lots to go over. Tomorrow, of course, uh, we will go through the speech. So if you miss any portion of it or if you listen to the whole thing right here, on the station, starting at 5 o'clock tonight, please know I will be here to thoroughly dissect it and give you the highs and lows and my observations and takes on it. So that is, uh, that's going to be something you do not want to miss. Um, the economy. Expect President Biden to be very boastful about how well his, uh, his economy is doing. He's going to, in particular, claim that job numbers are phenomenal. They're through the roof. They're terrific. Everything's great. And here's uh, the part that nobody is really talking about when it comes to uh, job numbers. And yes, uh, yesterday we had a big uh, job number come through, 500,000 new jobs, in part causing uh, the Fed chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, to make, well, some... Uh, cautious comments about how this complicates the efforts to drive down the uh, rising the in, rising inflation numbers. And I got to say this, I'm telling you, the part that no one is saying is that these are people that exited the job market during covid that were incentivized to leave or disincentivized to work and who are now reentering the job market solely because they need to buy eggs. Well, I'm joking about the eggs parts, but I'm making a serious point here. <laughs> well, the, the stuff's getting expensive out there, folks. You know it. I know it. Every time we go to the store, every time we go to the pump, every time we, uh, we go and need to – we have an, some issue at our homes, AC unit goes out, sink needs to be repaired. Every little thing everywhere we turn, prices are going up and it is, it is forcing people to to work and in, in part also to take up other, other jobs, right? So this, or second jobs. So this, this, uh, this number is, is, is deceiving because during COVID uh, and into 21, when Biden passed his enormous, uh, totally nonsensical stimulus package that was unnecessary to say the least, and and has done more to put us in this inflationary, uh, you know, upcycle than anything else. We are we we disincentivize people to work. They disappeared. To talk to any small business owner, any restaurant, any my law firm. A great great example. I, I'm just now when I put up a job post now, I'm getting the same volume of resumes that I did pre pandemic. When the economy, by the way, was screaming and we didn't have massive runaway inflation. So, I, I just want you to keep that in, in the backs of your minds as you, as you listen to Biden talk about how great the economy is. Now, he's going to also get into, I, I suspect he's going to talk about the war in Ukraine. And one thing that you got to go back on, it's, it's, it's fun because, you know, these, these speeches are all recorded and we have the, the text of them and we can go back a year to hear Biden uh, back in 22 talk about what he was going to do and how it worked. And one of the things in particular that I reflect on when you go back to his 2022 speech, that Biden said he was so certain that he was going to inflict massive pain on Russia in punishment for their invasion of Ukraine's sovereign territory. And largely, I'll tell you this, folks, largely, and, and regrettably, uh Biden was wrong about this. Because Russia's fortress strategy, you know, us against the world has somewhat worked. You know, they were able to hold on to uh about 250 billion in foreign reserves and then they were able to uh, both jumpstart their economy with with uh, quite a bit of, of, of wartime production, and of course their their oil and natural gas reserves jumped up. And in spite of every effort that Biden and some other world leaders have made to try to get around this, they, they haven't quite been able to put the pinch on Russia. Biden also predicted last year that he was going to completely wreak havoc on the Russian economy. He said, the ruble has lost 30% of its value. The Russian stock market has lost 40% of its value. Trading remains suspended. All right, and that all has sort of figured itself out. I'm not saying, by the way, Russia is in a terrible spot. But Biden's efforts of, of, of putting, you know, just really bringing Russia to its knees has so far proved unsuccessful. It certainly hasn't stopped Russia's efforts. Uh, to pursue its ends in Ukraine Um, oh Biden last year promised to get prices under control he said last year at his State of the Union speech my top priority is getting prices under control that's a quote Uh, how's that going Joe (laughs) this is crazy yeah this is uh, inflation of course is Biden's political albatross um and and it all goes back to his massive COVID relief bill in 2021. It completely exacerbated the problem. If you have inflation, you do not just drop masses, massive amounts of free money into the economy. I've explained this before, and maybe we can brush up on this. Look, you know how like the state of California recently did a what was it a thousand dollars for every person? If, some, if everyone's purchase power goes up by X, by $1,000, $10,000, whatever it is, it doesn't change the supply and demand curve. There's still, there's still a fixed amount of goods, roughly at any given time, in the market. And there's a fixed amount of consumers that want those goods. If all the consumers are all equally better off than they were... Before the free money drop perpetuated by the government is affected, then it is a law of economics that the price of those goods all go up proportionally, and they'll go up fairly quickly. And this is all foreseeable. These are all bedrock economic principles that if maybe these uh, idiots running the government had any, call it, maybe taking economics classes instead of social justice classes in their respective colleges and universities, perhaps, perhaps they wouldn't be getting themselves into all of these problems. But of course, for many in government, ideology trumps, trumps science, trumps economics, and trumps established philosophical norms. So here, you know, look, inflation was uh, 8.5% last March, uh, shortly after Biden gave the speech. It's come down a little bit, uh, but still, uh, we still have a Federal Reserve that is very cautious, um, and uh, and that is going to create, I think, a, a bit of pressure on our economy. So this speech, I will go through it all tomorrow based on what I see, and I'll give you my response. Just... Look for Kamala Harris and McCarthy behind Biden. You've got – Kamala's going to make some – her people have probably sat her down for the last three days and just say, all you need to do is not look stupid. Just no, no cackling. Don't do that thing where you bare your teeth and you – you know, this like – I don't know what it is that she does. Just look normal is what they're going to tell her. Just be up there and look pleasant and look competent. And Biden, you know, they're going to have to pump him through full of all sorts of medications just to keep him going. It's the speech is eight o'clock Eastern. So this is uh, it's it's nighty night for for Joe. That's that's a that's a tall order to get him to be coherent for the better part of two hours. All right, friends, I got to take a quick break here for the news. Uh, don't go anywhere. I will I will be back. Updates, oh, updates on the chi balloon. Yeah, we got those photos of the Navy retrieving. I'll tell you what this is all about, plus some updates on reactions to this. The Trump people, even the hostile Trump people, are coming out of the woodwork saying the stuff that the DOD is saying today under Biden is all lies. Don't go anywhere. Be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up.
1: Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com.
0: Welcome, friends, back to the program here. Bottom of the hour. You're listening to the What's Right Show, News Talk 840 to Your host, Sam Marjofsky. Uh, That's right. I'm a what am I? I'm a lawyer here in town. Have uh, three kids, a wife, two dogs, and I love Nevada. I always say I'm Nevada's favorite, recovering ex-Californian. I was on today, uh, this morning, with Alan Stock here on. The station. Uh, we talked a little bit about what to expect with the State of the Union speech, and of course, I'll be on with Alan again tomorrow at eight thirty. So uh, I'll give you a little preview of what the program will be about. If you're in the car driving, uh, you'll want to catch me on Vegas at eight with Alan Stock. Uh, but I did have to correct myself. I, I I think I am second after Alan as far as people who are favorite recovering Californians because he, like I, also like me, also came from uh, from California. So, alright. The balloon. The balloon uh, was felled and uh, late last night I think I woke up this morning to see uh, photographs released by the Department of Defense of the Navy boats pulling balloon wreckage from the sea. Um, those photographs were really important. Y- you y- <laughs> You want to make a bet that one of the most important commands that came down after retrieving the balloon was make sure we get photographs of this. I guarantee you it was... (laughs) The the administration was scrambling. Now, the story's getting interesting because, of course, there's the, the, the fact that there was an unnamed source. I'm telling you, this unnamed source inside the Department of Defense that told reporters that, that as, as best as they knew that the, these balloons, their three balloons, had gone into U.S. airspace during the Trump administration and Trump did nothing about it. That was the, that was the defense, Right. The Post today, of course, ran a story, Biden's balloon BS insults Americans' intelligence and endangers us all. First line of this piece, is great. Is there anything Team Biden won't drag ex-president Donald Trump into as a butt-covering maneuver? Precisely. But here's the real question, right? Now that we have even General James Maddog Mattis, who, uh, when he left in January of... When did he leave? He left uh, January of of 19, right? 19. His tenure ended as defense secretary. So he was there for the first half of the Trump presidency. He said he had no knowledge of any uh, shoot-down requests that the Department of Defense got during that period when it was on his watch. He just thought it was was not the case. A number of other officials who spanned the other half of the Trump presidency have all come out. Some of them frankly hostile a little bit to Trump, but have come out and said this is this is nonsense so there's one of two things is, is possible: one people charged with tracking these high altitude balloons and unidentified flying objects over the u s never notify the trump people and or they never you know they didn't they didn't yeah they just didn't didn't do anything about it or Alternatively, right, this is all made up. This is all smoke and mirrors, and it belies how people within the Department of Defense, within the state uh, intelligence agencies and the like are willing to give political cover to this administration. So that's an interesting part of the story. The, The other parts are the responses. You know, the Chinese are outraged. These images of us pulling their precious balloon out of the water is provoking a response from the Chai who are saying there will be consequences. Hey, guys, do you remember when you force landed a surveillance airplane uh, of ours in 2001 that was in international waters, in international airspace? You forced it to land on Hainan Island, and then, and then... The Chinese held our crew and the airplane hostage, went through the entire aircraft, picked it to pieces. George W. Bush was president and uh, frankly was very weak in his handling of of that incident. Uh, you, You know, there will be a response. You flew a gosh dang balloon over our sovereign territory. The only thing here... That matters is that it has n- it. It didn't get taken down at the outset, so this is just this is just Chinese uh, theatrics and, and and fake outrage. Now, I also love uh, the some of the now the reactions that we're getting in the in the mainstream media among liberals who are well, they're looking at this in a way that uh, might defy logic. For example. The view. Now, <laughs> oh, I know, listen. I I know it's the view, but people watch this stuff. There are mostly women across the country. Not you. Not none of you are taken by the view. I understand that, but there are other women that, that watch this, and they um and they 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 you know they take some of this. This is Sunny Hostin Now, her take on this. By the way, her take is this is great. Uh, the idea is that the balloon that the GOP is playing right into the Chinese communists hands. Listen to this.
2: Do you think they wanted to show Biden's weakness as well? They want to, look, they love this. They, they love that, re- that Republicans turned this into this big drama that the Chinese know how to spy. They, uh, you know, they can do it better. They wanted to create a crisis, a national crisis, an international crisis. They wanted it to be elevated and it yeah. be visible and be talked about, and they got it. I actually think Beijing's celebrating today.
0: Hmm. Beijing is celebrating. Well, of course, now, that was Anna Navarro. Sonny was asking the question, and that was Anna uh, who did most of the talking in that clip. And um, then it was uh, Alyssa Fair Griffin who said that uh, Beijing is celebrating. So they're all they're all getting on this, and and the, and you all hear. I've heard other takes that are similar to this. To wit, you know, this the GOP is playing this up unnecessarily and actually giving the Chinese a win. No, the Chinese got a win when we allowed their spy equipment to fly over our country our entire country over our military bases nuclear installations etc that was the win but of course these liberal talking heads have well they're they're a little little well short in the substance department so for them this is this is just their means of of you know finding a way to turn this back around on the republicans but the republicans are correct to press this issue, it is alarming. It is of great concern, and uh, and to the extent right now, you I heard this morning in Congress, uh, the, uh, they're they're demanding a full briefing on this. And at this point, the Gang of Eight is going to be brief, but, but expect uh, Republicans in Congress to push on, on briefings. And as these briefings come down, it'll start to be clear just how ab- – this was a bunch of lies and mistruths, not just from Biden, right, not just from the White House, but from the Department of Defense, from agencies that ought to be not political, ought to have our best interest in mind. And we never would have found out about this balloon if it hadn't dipped in altitude and become visible to Americans on the ground who took photos of it. And then, of course, the story got out. They, Biden would have been perfectly happy us not knowing about any of this. And that, uh, I think, is 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 of course, uh, you know, quite quite tragic. What could have also been tragic, friends? I, I want to, you know, I, I fly a lot. I, I have an office in California because half of my my practice, or so, is uh, is in California. I represent people that, for example, live here in Nevada and travel to California, go to Disneyland, whatever. They're on vacation. They get hurt in California. They need a lawyer who has a, an operation on the ground in California. So I do have a small office in Newport Beach. I fly, you know, every week, every other week, back and forth uh, to meetings as needed. And I I'll tell you, um, I, you know, these growing number of alarming near misses uh, are frightening. On Saturday, a FedEx cargo plane that was in the process of landing at Austin International Airport came within 100 feet of southwest of a southwest 737. I fly southwest all the time. By the way, unlike the January 13th incident when it was the American Airlines plane that uh, rolled down in front of a runway being used by departing Delta flight, Unlike that incident where it was the pilot that likely made the error, here it's obvious from the recording, from the tape, that air traffic control directed the 737 to take off from the same runway that they put the FedEx plane on. This, by the way, is – I'll play the audio here. This is the air traffic control audio between the FedEx plane, the tower – and the uh, 737 aircraft.
2: Okay, 170, clear for takeoff, one-eight left, copy the traffic, Southwest, 708. Tower confirm uh, FedEx 1432, heavy, clear to land on the one-eight left. FedEx 1432, heavy, that is affirmative. when one-eight left, you are clear to land, traffic department, project, routes to 737. Roger. Southwest, 708, confirm on the road. Rolling now.
0: And here's where it gets Southwest
2: bad. Southwest aboard. FedEx is on the go.
0: When they, say, when they say FedEx is on the go, that is the FedEx pilot who is uh, pulling back on the yoke, right, of his – of his. Uh, it's a heavy airplane, meaning it's a large airplane. It's probably a 767 or maybe an Airbus, but it's – he pulls back to literally abort landing, pulls up his gear –… has to pull back on the flaps and get the plane to start rapidly gaining altitude, meanwhile turning at the same time, doing acrobatics, you know, 1,000, 2,000 know, feet off the ground, if that. Absolutely horrifying. Uh, this this – uh, you know, and by the way, I just want to point out one thing. If there's anything that inspires confidence in flying, those pilots, you hear those voices… They are cool as cucumbers. Some of these guys are just pros of a next level. All right, got to take a quick break. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. All right, I guess it's my turn to go. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome to The What's Right Show. Our second day of two hours expanded programming and and I'm loving it. I love starting at one uh, and I love having two hours with you. It's it's, uh, truly a pleasure. If you'd like to reach me, I do check my email during the show. These shows are live and local. uh, So there it is. You can always email me sam at samandashlaw.com sam at samandashlaw.com Just before the break, I was mentioning the Near miss uh, incident, terrifying incident, where a FedEx cargo plane had to abort its landing as a Southwest Airlines 737 was taking off on the same runway. So you imagine the Southwest plane is rolling, it's moving, it's it's about to. By the way, you know this. There's a there's a V1 and V2. Uh, you can. My understanding is, and there's pilots out there. You guys know better than me, but my understanding is that when there's a certain speed parameters, after which you cannot abort. Takeoff. So if you're in V1, you can still abort takeoff at V2. You can't. And as I understand it, here the Southwest plane, because they didn't abort, it sounds like they they were already at V2. They were they were rolling down the runway and they had reached such speed that it would have been impossible for them to 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 abort safely. So they're forced to take off. And this, you can see from the trackers, from the ADSB trackers that the planes have that the Southwest plane veers right. The FedEx. You know, big plane veers left, and um, briefly, it took uh, turned into an air show over at Austin International Airport. Anyway, I I saw this study. It's a guy named Doug Drury, who is a professor at Central Queensland University, who who studies the rather macabre subject of airplane crashes. And he went through the airplane. This is fascinating. He went through the airplane and said, "What are the deadliest seats?" On the plane, deadliest seats. So it, it, apparently, um, y- you're you're kind of you're you're safest in the back. It's like the worst seats, right? You're most likely to die in first class. I don't know if that is a what that. <laughs> what the, I I guess yeah, it's a, the, the the hazards of having money. So your uh, first class is 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 pretty is not good. Uh, but all the way in the back near the tail of the airplane, apparently if you're in the aisle, kind of in the middle of the plane, you know, close to the, close to the middle, you know, mid of the cabin, but all the way in the back are the safest seats. Uh, bad seats, really bad seats are the aisle seats over the wings. Um, and then, you know, some decent seats are basically anything in the back, uh, that could be you know middle seats or or by the window so i i i don't i don't know i i would say too just from having worked on a couple of these cases again i'm an injury lawyer so I, I know a little bit about this you're you know there are certain crashes that are just not they're not survivable but then there are a lot of of there are there can be crashes that are that are entirely survivable depend on you being near an exit so to the extent that you have, like, for example, in Southwest, that you can board and be near either the front door or you can be, you know, near the exit, you know, be in an exit row, you're getting it for the, you know, for the for the room. I get it. You're in it for the legroom. But what you really want, you want to be near that exit because, you know, if 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 the stuff hits the fan, you want to be able to get out of there as quickly as possible. Um, I I saw the story here. I am this. Um, this is this is uh, sad to me. You, you hear this Arizona guy? It's an elderly rancher who's been now charged uh, in uh, Arizona for killing, uh, murdering, I guess, a Mexican man on his property. This is a, a gentleman named George Allen Kelly, seventy three has been charged with first-degree mu- murder for uh, the January 30th killing of Gabriel Butamia on his ranch just outside of Nogales, Arizona. He's on $1 million bail. Uh, he, you know, he's defending his property. I'm, I'm looking at this ranch. It's a really pretty, actually a really pretty building. It looks like there is a wall, but he just has people going through the property and creating mischief. Uh, so I, I don't know all the particulars in the case and I, I understand folks why legally he's been charged. But I want to step away for a moment. I don't always do this because I I like to analyze things as a lawyer and bring that perspective. but I gotta I gotta I, I gotta analyze this you know in a in a political context. And this story infuriates me because, Our government has failed this man who's been charged with this crime, Mr. Kelly, and every other person who lives and or owns property at our border. The lawlessness that has been encouraged by this administration is appalling, and we know this. We have hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of crossings every day. And all we get, right, the, the lip service today on Capitol Hill, we had executives from the Border Patrol agencies testifying on the Hill, and Republicans, of course, wanting to get answers on what's going on. And, and as I'll tell you, really, I mean, the people that they're sending are, are stooges of, of, of the Biden camp for the most part. But it is clear that there is a, an, at an executive level at an executive level, there is a failure to protect the border. And the reason I say that is because you will hear in the news over and over again a similar refrain, well, Congress has failed to act. And I don't dispute that. However, Donald Trump and the Trump administration was able to to not eliminate but drive down the number of border crossings. And by the way, they were working with the exact same federal laws in place that Biden does. But Biden has worked to rescind uh, executive orders put in by Trump that made uh, discourage, we'll say discouraged, border crossings and asylum seekers. Of course, asylum seekers is a misnomer because... That is a means by which the cartels then are able to get uh, humans across the border and humans, of course, cover, you know, carrying drugs and other contraband and and terrorists. I mean, the problem has not yet come fully to roost for us, but it did for this gentleman. And, you know, we don't know all the facts of this case. It could have been a cold-blooded homicide. But to the extent that somebody has had it up to their gills of criminals trespassing on their property and a government leaving them in the, in the wind without any protections, I mean, to that extent, this is, this is heart-wrenching. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and look, you cross the border, you cross it illegally. I mean, there are consequences. It's dangerous. You may lose your life. Uh, and, and I, I you know I, I I actually do feel absolutely terrible for this for this homeowner. All right, when we come back, DeSantis versus Disney. There are some developments and this has to do with Walt Disney World and their their special district. I'll get into the legalese of this, but also the political implications of it. Plus, Disney is just they cannot help themselves, folks. They are doubling down on the woke. It is gross. It's disgusting. I'll explain when I return. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rojovsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends.
0: Great to be with you this beautiful day. Uh, love to hear that the weather's warming up. Yeah, uh, live and local here in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sam Marjofsky, your host of the What's Right show. Uh, <clears throat> I Personally, I'll tell you how I feel about the weather. I'll tell you. I don't do cold. I know some of you, this is your favorite time of year. Uh, you get out in the mornings and it's uh, 30 degrees or less there's frost on the ground. No thank you. I'm not saying that I love 115 either, but uh I could do 108, 107 all day long. I love it. I love when you're you know when I'm inside an air conditioned office, I walk outside and the heat just brings me back to life. I love that feeling and I, you know, I, I like the pool. I like hanging out on the weekend. I I like mornings that are warm where you can go out and walk and not be freezing to death so i'm ready hottest day of the year i was you know not hot but it's warming up i'm very happy and love this uh coming season here the spring and even the summer okay well all right i, I i'm and I, i'm just going to say this here again the uh state of the union speech is tonight biden will be up there attempting coherence and consequently i will be watching if you would like to listen to the uh, speech it'll be on here at five o'clock on this station news talk 840 kxnt carried live but tomorrow at one o'clock i will go through this entire uh, deal and give you the give you the highlights and the what you need to know bit and i'll also be on with alan stock in the morning at eight thirty, doing double duty uh so yeah i'll be on the station quite a bit tomorrow Looking forward to it we'll be fun now I uh, there's some Disney news that just makes me sad and why sad because because I want to love Disney and and I do I I you know I'm this guy that I like I like the parks you know I've got kids we love Disneyland we love Disney World we are uh, season pass holders and have been for a long time. Uh, I was just at Disney World at the end of last month, a week and a half ago. Had a lovely time. Uh, But, you know, Disney needs to cut this crap out or they're going to lose more and more of us. Now, what do I mean by this? Disney has decided to go absolutely full woke with a reparations based cartoon. I can't, I can't even, I can't even begin to uh, describe what this is. Um, it's called the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, uh, and it's it, it's a show about basically this debunked CRT nonsense, uh, critical race theory, and it's got a little song here. I'm gonna just play it for you. I think, uh, I it's about fifty seconds. So it's not quite a minute, and I don't want you to turn this off because you need to hear it. Now, it's a cartoon, so it's appropriate for kids. It's nothing you know, terrible, but kids ought not to be exposed to this, of course, except within the context of the show where I explain to them why this is wrong. So before I do that, before I analyze that, I just want to play a little clip here of the kind of messaging that is – being put forward in this new Disney Plus show. Listen to this.
2: Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, Blacksmiths, musicians. Inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Washington. Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made make your, your families, families rich. rich. From the southern plantation heirs. To the northern bankers. To the New England ship owners. The founding fathers president current senators the illuminati the new world order slaves, slaves built, built this, this country. country we had tubman turner frederick d did not they say lincoln freed the slaves but slaves were meant and, and women and only we can free ourselves emancipation, emancipation is not freedom jim crow segregation redlining public schools feeding private prisons where we become slaves again as we celebrate juneteenth for, for the umpteenth time. time our account is still outstanding because this country was built slavery which means Slaves slaves built this country and we demand our 40 acres and a mule
0: we demand our 40 acres and a mule we deserve we deserve free stuff by virtue of our skin color is the message there emancipation is not freedom and in a, by the way, an, a completely uh, absurd and not lost on me as, as ironic uh, little throwaway phrase are public schools feeding private prisons. Hey, idiots, who do you think put together public education as it exists today in the United States of America? Hint, it's not the GOP. It was the party of the KKK. Hint, it's not the GOP. And all you can say here is that, you know, they say Lincoln freed the slaves, but but, but not really. It's a subtle but very, very dangerous revision of history. And it's all based on Hannah Jones, this lady, Nicole Hannah Jones, who... Is the, is the author of the deeply un-American 1619 projects. The, the theory of it, of course, is that 1619 is the year uh, when slaves first reached Jamestown, and that's really when America was founded. Now, this, well, there's all sorts of crazy things, right? Her posit is that American Revolution, the American Revolution was undertaken in large part to keep slavery legal. The American Revolution, right? We fought the British because we wanted slavery and the Brits said no. And there's, you know, in her writings, right? That by the way, Hulu, also a Disney company just last month decided to turn into a docu-series so more people can learn completely erroneous history, racist history. According to some woman who admits, by the way, where is this? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. The New York Times. Yeah. There's, she, on Sunday, she admitted she's not a professional educator, Nicole Hannah Jones. But they're making cartoons. They're making documentaries. They're 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 doing all this stuff because there is an agenda. Now, my issue, of course, is my my issue is with the agenda. That the Disney is spreading it is is a is a. Uh, Uh, a a huge new low for a company that should stay completely out of all of this stuff and entertain us. Not everything has to have a political message. In fact, if I could give Disney some advice, people want politics, they tune into the What's Right show. When they want to be entertained, they want to hit up Disney+. And I know, I know, listen, I know on Disney, well, it was Apple... Yeah, I get all these streaming services. I was gonna say, I even the shows that are apolitical on these platforms oftentimes are not. You know, I'm so sensitive now to the messaging that they're trying to push on us that I can't even watch Ted Lasso without. Well, my wife hates this. Cause she, of course, she loved you know during the pandemic we we're watching Ted Lasso and you know feel good show. But I, I can tell, I understand what they're doing. In the in these programs, I I know what the agenda is. I know these people like the back of my hand, so I'm sitting there in the show. I say, "See, that's what they're doing right there. That's what they're. That's the message that they're pushing." See, kids, everybody's like, "Dad, be quiet. Don't want to hear from you." But the fact that we have this kind of absolute crap about you know, slave, it's not even the the positives of course, slavery built this country, but the idea writing lincoln out of the incredible uh, and momentous shift uh, that was that almost ripped the country apart the the millions of people that died fighting for the abolition of slavery that we as a country came out of this that this was white people in power who decided to end an abhorrent practice and that, yes, it took time to move past it. The idea of reverting back to this and rewriting history in a way that promotes victimhood, this is a power grab. I talk about this all the time. The more victims there are, the more kids watching this program who grow up thinking that America did them wrong, that America owes them and that by virtue of the color of their skin, they are aggrieved is actually the newest form of segregation and slavery. If You think about it because now you're not your own person. You're not an individual. You're not an American. You're a victim. And you need people to speak for you. You need the government to help you to make things right, quote unquote. But it's the same thing, and it's 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 something we all should be equally disgusted by. Now, the story that this ties into, of course, is that yesterday Florida lawmakers uh, uh, introduced a bill. It has not been approved yet. A lot of news media is putting this out there as a done deal. It is not a done deal yet, but the uh, Florida wants to take the special improvement district that Disney World is based on, and the and take the five uh, board seats over that oversee that district. Yeah, these are like the you know like we have here in Clark County. We've got commissioners, so the the commissioners for the district uh, would now be appointed by the governor instead of by Disney. Now, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was set up in the '60s. This was a, a deal that Walt Disney uh, put together, uh, bought up land out there, par, you know, parcels of swamp that no one wanted. I'm, some of this land was bought up literally I mean, just for cheap, because it was absolutely useless. It was mud, grass, trees and alligators. And I generally, listen, I generally am a person who looks at a deal that a government makes with the private entity. If they make a deal, they ought to stick with the deal. So on some level, this irritates me. I've just got to tell you, my, my sense of of fair play and, and how these things work, it, it bothers me. But on the flip side, Florida is, you know, it's a, it's a state. Disney is a guest with enormous special privileges in the state. And when they waded into the political realm, when they went after the government and the will of the people in their state, they lose a tremendous amount of sympathy with someone like me who's generally pro business. I like special improvement districts. I like the idea of enticing private enterprise to come in and develop areas that are, well, unappetizing to most people. This, I, I like all of that stuff, but when Disney did this, and they're doubling down on all the stuff with, this, with these cartoons and with these with documentaries. I mean, this is, this is really anti-American stuff. And this is from a... It, it, it's, it's so interesting to me because you, you, you go to Disney World. You go to Disneyland. And, you know, you go to the Hall of Presidents, you go to see Mr. Lincoln speak, and it's, you know, it's patrons, and people are streaming into those things because they're craving it. Americans want to love our country. It's nonsense that they continue to poison it like this for us. Okay, I got to take a quick break here. I'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. <laughs> This fight with Disney, by the way, all upside uh, for Ron DeSantis as he ponders a 2024 uh, political run here for president. Um, Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT, talking about the uh, proposed legislation. Uh, Florida Republicans have put forward a bill. It has not been signed into law yet that would take over Disney's special tax district. This is the Reedy Creek Development Board that basically controls the entire land around Walt Disney World. And it uh, operates as a as a almost a nearly a sovereign entity. They have their own police. They have their own uh, approval process for any kind of uh, development. Uh, so they don't have to really go to this, they don't have to go to the state, right? They don't have to go through the kind of hoops that you and I have to go through if you want to build a house, you know, for example, here in, in the county or in Vegas, in the city of Vegas. So, uh, you know, there this will move through. I would anticipate that it will, well, I don't know. We'll see. It, it, there's a chance that it may not pass. Uh, I would imagine Disney's going to lobby really hard behind the scenes to see if they can come up with a with a way around this and some kind of a, a, a compromise. But politically speaking, right, they're dealing with the, <laughs> the problem with Disney's they picked a fight with an emboldened Republican governor. Uh, DeSantis is, uh, you know, certainly he just got uh, reelected with a, a significant uh, margin over his opponent. And... Uh, believe that the numbers in the house um, and in the state senate have uh both gone up in Florida. So, they so look, he's he's got the political wind behind him, and of course, he's looking to raise his profile nationally in advance of a run for president. Uh, this is this is not good for Disney. Now, I don't know if you saw this. There's Trump is Trump's still lobbing bombs at uh at DeSantis. There's a photo. This came out today. There's a photo, apparently, it's very grainy, it's tough to see. Apparently somebody named Dong Chang Lee, I doubt it's a real name, on Truth Social, put out a uh, picture from hillreporter.com of a young Ron DeSantis, allegedly at the time that he was a Georgia boarding school teacher a high school teacher with some high school seniors. And I, it looks like he's holding a beer, a bottle of beer. And I can't tell in the photo if, if there are others, if the kids, the girls there are holding a beer, their faces are blurred out. It does look like DeSantis. I don't know if it's real, Uh, but of course, uh, Donald Trump is kind of saying he's reposting this. Uh, DeSantis having a drink party with his students when he was a high school teacher. Uh, So this, you know, the, the knives are out, friends. The knives are out. It's, again, I don't know if this is real or not. It appears to have happened a long time ago. This is all risky. By the way, remember how Trump was getting all sorts of stuff thrown at him during the primary and in the general election of Perhaps less than seemly things that he did before his run for president, and I think a great deal of, uh, of absolution that Trump got from his past misdeeds is that he was now uh, married, you know, and and happily married with a with an intact family, and you know certainly got some degree of support from the Christian coalition and all those folks. So that all helped him get past it. And to DeSantis' credit, I mean, obviously, drinking with high school seniors is a major problem, I would imagine. But uh, at the same time, uh, DeSantis, is obviously, by the looks of it, years ago, he looks like he's in his early 20s. And I will say this, he has, by all appearances, and I have it on good authority, a a very intact, loving family, a great relationship with his wife— and so this, this I I just don't see this kind of stuff sticking, right? He's not running by the way. DeSantis is I guess DeSantis's lure, just like Trump's lure in 2016. He wasn't running Trump wasn't running as a moralist. He wasn't running as a as a, as a paragon of virtue. He was running as our guy that was going to go in there and 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 kick some a money money. And the same thing now is with DeSantis. He's he's putting himself in this position where he's He's, he's fighting the culture war, and he's bringing, he's bringing the fire and putting the squeeze on, on institutions that previously, like Disney, were untouchable. Republicans refused to do what DeSantis is doing. So, I, again, I think this, these types of attacks will fall flat because it's not part of his value proposition as a candidate. Just the same way it wasn't part of Trump's value proposition when he was running for president. All right, well, we come back. There's been some developments on the Hunter Biden investigation front. More on the CRT nonsense as well. Get into all of this. I've got some hair-raising clips for you. You do not want to miss. Don't go anywhere. Sam Arzofsky here on this Talk 840 KXNT personal injury law is constantly changing uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases but most law firms haven't kept up
1: don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past call sam and ash 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com
0: welcome back bottom of the second hour of the what's right show that's right second hour we are here now Uh, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. New time, same great show. Uh, Well, not everyone agrees fully. I had an email just now from a listener. Michael, enjoy your show. You're mostly on track. Off a bit here and there, but overall pretty solid. Thank you, Michael. I will take that as high praise. Uh, Where do I go here? I, I wanted to get back to, we were just talking about DeSantis the attacks are starting to come on of course his profile being raised with his attacks on disney and in particular the crt critical race theory agenda that's being pushed by some of these new disney programs both on hulu and on disney plus i mentioned those if you uh, miss that portion of the show obviously go to the podcast apple podcast spotify what's right show uh click us to follow and you'll have the whole episode there just a Little bit after the conclusion of the program, but nonetheless, you got to understand that 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 right now, DeSantis has gotten himself into the psyche of the left of the country. He is in there, he's in their headspace, and he's living there rent free. This is what makes him, by the way, a powerful, powerful, and uh, uh, I think a strongly viable candidate in 24. Because, in fact, these people – are I, I don't know if they're doing it, if they're trying to raise his profile. I don't think so. I, they're just – they're blurting his name out in the context of this fight against CRT because, of course, and I played for you the clip, and this is revisionist history for the most part, the 1619 project that is looking to redefine the, 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 uh, the, the birth story of our country and to reframe it around an entirely racial paradigm uh, that puts people of color in this country, paints them all, I guess puts them in a place where they're victims. Uh, The fact that you have uh, DeSantis leading the charge against this content, particularly in schools. Here is an example of how this is um, deep in their psyche. This was on MSNBC last Wednesday. Nicole Wallace She's got a guy on named Jason Johnson, Now he's one of these people who's defending the CRT teaching in classrooms. He's talking about this in the context not of Disney, but rather uh, going through the discussion on uh, AP Black History, right? Uh, That whole uh, discussion where the, the college board basically caved to DeSantis and took out elements of CRT curriculum from the test. And here's you know Wa- Nicole Wallace is trying to softball this. She goes, look, we got we got there's there's young people like you know Tyree Nichols, you know getting killed, and and you know there's a there's a specific terror if your child is black, a young black man. Nicole Wallace seems uh, she asks her guest the CRT guy, and it seems like we're we're at this moment. Polls suggest most people share you know safety for 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 young black men as a goal. And why would we at this moment start to narrow what we teach? It just seems like the exact opposite of what we ought to be doing as a country. Why? Listen to this wild response.
1: That's if everybody in the country wants that, Nicole. There are lots of people who are perfectly happy with black people being murdered on a regular basis. Let's be honest, like they're happy (laughs) to see black people be killed. And, and or, or bare minimum, I think the most charitable interpretation is black people being killed to them, to politicians like Ron DeSantis, to politicians like Cameron in Kentucky. Black people being killed is just the cost of doing American business. So they don't care about mm-hmm. not pe- teaching people about that. They don't care about teaching the actual history of this country. And they don't care if students develop empathy for each other. Because, Nicole, here's the thing. This is not about protecting kids. It's about protecting bigoted adults.
0: Ah, that's it. You see, it's not, we don't want to, we, we want to throw kids into harm's way by revising the entire body of work that is American history. i give you an example. In the Hulu special, the 1619 Project, based on Nicole Hannah Jones' fantasies, there's a section about how to prove the point that, We wanted to get away from the British because we wanted slavery and those British, you know, they were looking to do away with it. There's an emancipation order by the royal governor of Virginia that's put forward in this documentary as triggering the rebellion. And the real history is, this is documented fact, is that this governor was already in exile. He was never in the mansion. He was out. He was already gone. He was outside and he was doing this. This is. These facts matter. The order of operations of how this history occurred occur, matters. I'm reminded of how when the Nazis and the communists came to power in my parents' homeland, they both, in their own way, worked to revise the history of a country. And by revise, I mean change it entirely to suit their ideological needs. That we can have on MSNBC unchallenged a a guest talk about that lots of people are perfectly happy with black people being murdered is insanity. It is a race-baiting, racist insanity. And the only objective that this furthers is creating discord between blacks and whites, Creating racial disharmony, creating antipathies that further exacerbate a problem that I don't deny is is, is real, right? I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't racism in this country. I'm just saying this is not how you get past it. This is not how you heal wounds. And if the objective were actually of these people to, to get to a post racial society, that none of what is being taught here or what is being said here would be said. And they are fighting tooth and nail for this CRT crap just so they can maintain their power. Because this guy's only relevant to the extent that this is popular and this earns him money. And this gets him a following. And without this, he's got nothing. All right, a little bit of Hunter Biden catch up when we return. Let's take an early break here so we can have ample time to discuss Republicans on the Hill. There's criticism, right? The criticism is Republicans got to be careful. You don't go after Hunter. If you go after Hunter too hard, it's going to backfire on you. Well, I have some thoughts on that when we return. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Be back in just a moment. Sam Rajofsky here, live and local on this beautiful Tuesday uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Uh, Two hours now uh, is what we have on the radio. Grateful to be provided this time courtesy of salmon ash injury law because you deserve lawyers that share your values 702 820 1234 um all right there is already now a chorus of left-wing types looking to discredit the republicans investigation of hunter biden and i you know fox news sunday there was a a, a bit here uh, juan williams was on uh, explaining in his terms why he why he thought that this was all a a load of nothing you know there the the idea right the simplification as juan puts it is that this is all just about getting hunter to punish biden listen to this
1: the point is that people think again that you know why don't you get down to the serious business and why are you spending so much time on this look hunter biden Hunter Biden's a ripe target for Republicans who want to go after a guy who was a former drug addict, had a bumbling business past. Um, But basically, they're attacking him to attack President Biden. Let's not lose perspective. That's what this is about. So it's about a kind of a political thing. There's nothing that you say, oh, yeah, that's a crime. Nepotism. Nepotism is not a crime.
0: Uh Nepotism is not a crime. So, look, um, my answer to this by the way, uh, is pretty direct. I just want some questions answered. For example, when Hunter Biden served on the board of a Ukrainian energy firm named Burisma, roughly around the same time that, I don't know, know, his dad was vice president and soon to be, well, was running for president he was making 50k a month i want to understand what qualifications he had to do that job what he did for that job and to what extent this money was <laughs> was paid for access to biden because they paid him this money this we know this now from the laptop from hell joe biden then met with ukrainian russian and kazakhstani business people that all were uh, affiliated with this group and, um, and, and there's emails going back and forth The detail Hunter getting paid And turning around And then arranging meetings With people to see his dad This is illegal Juan. Williams. This is not nepotism This is pay to play access For our government In a way By the way uh, Foreign influence peddling I don't know Was Hunter a registered foreign agent Question Right Then you've got Hunter Biden's deals with Chinese energy companies, right? They did this deal, this $4.8 million deals with this CEFC, China Energy Company, consulting work. James Biden, the uncle of Hunter, brother of Joe, was involved in this deal. We don't know, these are valid questions. So the media now is pushing back at the, at the Republicans running the oversight committee Representative Comer on CNN uh, fighting for the record, you you can see, well, you don't have any proof. You don't have any proof. And and Comer's like, well, yeah, I want to I want to figure out what it is that we have here. It's an investigation.
1: Our investigation with Biden is over is over influence peddling. There's a concern among a lot of Republicans that some of these classified documents may have been part of the business model with the president's brother. And the president's son in some of their shady business dealings. Right, That's why we're concerned about Biden. no evidence of that so far. I understand you have questions about Well, we have evidence it. that they've influenced, pedal that they've always used the Biden. But not in relation that, to the classified documents. We don't documents. have any evidence of the classified documents, but we're investigating that.
0: Yeah. By the way, there was no evidence for four years of Trump-Russia collusion, yet they impeached the guy twice in the House, of course, the Senate absolving him two times as well. But look... Um, this is why we've got to investigate. And, and these, you can hear it in his voice. I mean, the, the GOP is like, we don't care. We're coming after it. And these are valid questions to ask. Now, this is creating, friends, the exact reaction that we, that you would expect from people that are terrified where this leads. And I, you, you've got to you got to read this part of a broader uh, broader context. Where do I have it here? Somewhere in my stack of stuff. Boy, there's a lot going on. The, oh, the right, here we go. New York Times, yesterday. Biden's a great president. He should not run again. This is a glowing... Uh, Editorial in the New York Times, and it's saying all the great stuff Biden's done. He's been fabulous, everything, but he's too old. He's out of touch. He might be running against DeSantis, who's going to be 46 in 2004. He ought not run. There's other candidates that can do it. Uh, they, of course, promoting Gretchen Whitmer or Raphael Warnock of Georgia. Ha! Huh. But what I'm reading in between these lines is Democrats are, are freaking out that Biden might really be compromised by this stuff. That's an element of this. We'll see how much, or if anything, Biden says about these congressional investigations tomorrow, or tonight, excuse me, at the State of the Union speech. So here is, by the way, a, uh, well, this Don Lemon, it's a Don Lemon clip. I just want to prepare you because I feel like that requires, you need a, a warning, right? A trigger warning. Uh Don Lemon, right now, by the way, is is has got some problems with his co-host. Apparently he's berated her, made her cry, leave the state, uh set. Um, and uh there there's been all sorts of problems with with Don Lemon. But anyway, Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow here, uh ending a segment regarding uh, the Hill. Uh fact checking piece here with the Caitlin Collins reporting from the Hill. And um and and this is on the the the, the Biden stuff, the Hunter Biden stuff. And just listen, um, listen to Don Lemon just completely go off script and, and and pause the ending music of the show to continue to get his point across.
1: Listen to this. Thank you. That's going to be it, that's the time that we're in, where facts are sort of flexible. And that's why just, we got Caitlin Collins just on throw the hill. Things out there, fact checking
2: in real time. It it's was a great interview. Citing
1: incredible sources like citing the New York Post as a credible source and saying that facts are, it's just, I I can't believe that we're here.
2: Caitlin, that was a a great interview. All right. Moving on.
1: Um, Anyway, well, not moving on because that's, listen, that's a big issue when it comes to the American, hold on, please, with the music. That's a big issue when it comes to the American people. American people are going to have to suffer through all of this stuff from election deniers to people who don't believe in facts, we don't have a shared reality, and now it's taken center stage too. people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, an election denier.
0: Election denier, this is all based on reporting from the Post regarding Hunter Biden. By the way, the Post is a credible source. They were right about Hunter Biden and the laptop from Go. They ran the story, got throttled by Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Denounced by the Biden FBI as being Russian disinformation. And now even Hunter Biden, through his lawyers, has admitted it's his laptop, and he wants, you know, he wants the Federalis and the, the Delaware Attorney General to investigate its appropriation and misuse, according to him, right? The post has been right from the very beginning, but the, 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 my takeaway here is that they're starting to get nervous. They're starting to react to this in um, in a way that that makes me suspect they're they're concerned at the very least about the effect that this will have on Biden. And I said this yesterday too, as we're considering the I don't know the speculation leading up to the Democratic primaries, Republican primaries, wide open primary, right? We don't have the incumbent, so on our side, you know, anything goes. Yes, there's Trump, uh, presumptive. Front runner, but the idea that on the Democrat side, you know, it's it's going to come down to Biden running again, which he says he's going to, and then the the people on the well, the the Democrats, we saw what the poll is, right, thirty six percent, thirty seven percent only of Democrats think he should run again, but those people aren't going to be the ones making the decision. The powers that be, the party grandees, the the super delegates. Okay, these are these are the folks that are going to make the decision. And, And remember, a lot of people really like Biden because they're getting everything that they want from him. He is a yes man to all of the special interests within his administration. His chief of staff says yes. His chief of staff is dialed in to the party establishment. Biden is the establishment choice they wish he was and by the way you kind of read this in between the lines here in the new york times they wish he was you know 5 5 years younger even but it's not about his age they they're worried that this is really this is going to turn into an uncontrolled dumpster fire this referring to hunter biden and all this money that he got for got for god knows what so it's 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 going to get interesting. By the way, uh, I I got to got to tell you, you know, there, there's an interest. They, they posit here uh, or tell us that Gretchen Whitmer, uh, governor of Michigan, could be a contender on the Democrat side. Uh, they they they're, they categorically have said, well, Kamala Harris uh, is polling poorly. What they're not saying is she's uh, absolutely incompetent. But I tell you, I I. I, I think there's a great likelihood, and hear me out on this. I, I think within the Democratic Party there is a a significant and powerful group of people who would love to see Michelle Obama run. Well, they look. I mean, you got to understand. A, a third term for Obama is a win for uh, the the Democratic Party as, as as it stands now. They would love that. Notice also the hostility, right? The, the, the Obamas would be some of the very few Democrats who would be willing to cross Biden. Because I don't, you know, we know that a number of Democrats have come out and said, you know, I would run if Biden bows out. But the but the Obamas, no, 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 no. They, I know they were all on one side. I, I know the history. But tell me, I, I, I'm telling you, Biden— and and, and 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 Barack, they do not get along. Uh, they're, they're, the, the great friendship is no longer that. the all the all the petals have fallen off that rose. So it's it, it could it could be a thing. And those people that want to dispose of Biden will want to pick a candidate who's willing to go toes toes with them and tell him to retire. All right, tonight, State of the Union, I will watch it, take notes, bring clips uh, for tomorrow's show so we can go through it thoroughly. see what kind of mess our president's going to get us in. I'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I'll see you then and on Alan's talk at 8.30. Over and out, guys.